What is going on, everybody? This is Liam Kearney. You are listening to Fighting Words, brand new weekly podcast dedicated to all things combat sports, um, boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, sumo wrestling, arm wrestling, maybe not arm wrestling, but you know, a whole host of different martial arts, different combat sports we're going to tackle on the show. Uh, we have lots of fighter interviews coming up uh, over the next few months that, that I'm really excited about. Um apparel owners, managers, promoters, basically anything within the field of combat sports, we are going to tackle that subject and talk to those people involved. So there is, uh, there's always going to be something you're interested in if you are interested in that whole umbrella of everything that comes underneath the word combat sports. Um, the first thing that we're going to have to talk about really for this, uh, it's not really a debut episode. I'm just here for just maybe 10, 15 minutes to just to riff a little bit, really. Um, and I would be remiss to uh, be fresh and hot off the heels of the Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz Jr. fight that happened on Saturday in Madison Square Garden, um, live on Sky Sports Box Office in the UK and DAZN media platform in America and other parts of, uh, I believe, Europe. Um this was Anthony Joshua's big debut in America. Obviously, he's a he's a household name over here in the UK, um, and he's a he's a he's a pretty big name in America already. You know, he's um, obviously a lot more idolised and respected in the UK, being a homegrown talent and having most of his fights, well, all of his fights previously take place here, and and uh, you know, huge promotional campaigns. He's a he's a darling of the UK uh, up to this point. Spoiler alert! But if you haven't if you haven't seen the fight, then you you don't like combat sports enough, I guess. So fuck you, Andy Jakin. Let's not start off by insulting the fans or the listeners. Um, yeah, he he was an undefeated fighter, great fighter, seemingly. Um, there's arguments that he'd never really been tested. Maybe two tests. Uh, that you know the Vladimir Klitschko fight. Uh, a lot of people say that um Klitschko was way past his prime, or at least had just just tipped over that edge to be to to not be in his prime when he met Joshua. Um and if you listen to Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury is the reason that Klitschko wasn't in his prime. because uh, because Fury kind of boxed the ears off him, if you if you believe Fury, you know? I mean, we all saw it. He did. He it was a great performance. Uh but yeah, so so Joshua was the he was the man to beat. I mean if you are a fan of boxing, then you know that the the three big players right now. Uh, I mean, let, let, let's just let's be really honest and cut to the chase. If you are a boxing fan, uh, if you're a boxing fan, you like boxing. Okay, it's in there. That's what it is. If you're a casual boxing fan, everybody loves the heavyweights. That's that's what every casual fan who could make you know name two fighters. They're probably going to name two heavyweight fighters. If not, you know, if you if you get rid of Let's say let's get rid of Canelo, Floyd, and Triple G, okay, and 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 soon to be Lomachenko, I guess. I know I'm naming a few names there, but still they they are the names in the poster boys. But everyone loves the heavyweights. It, that's where it's all you know the the greatest um the most prestige title in the world in combat sports is the heavyweight champion of the world. Whether you are whether that's in boxing, whether that's in kickboxing or or MMA, um the heavyweight champion, you know that's the king. That's the top of the pile, um, top of the heap champion. That's what everyone wants. That's what everyone strives to to get. Um, and not only not only that, but that's what the fans know. Uh, so anyone anyone that knows that knows that there's three major players right now at the top. Uh, well, there was there were three. Now maybe there's two. Um, you had Tyson Fury, who who's just come back from, you know, two or three years of of. His life in a bit of a tailspin, really, ballooning up to you know an astronomical weight, losing eight eight stone um, over the course of a couple of years, or, or losing the weight really over the course of of under a year, I'd say. Um, coming back from from depression and and I wouldn't say drink and drugs abuse, but definitely uh, pardon me, I wouldn't say drink and drugs addiction, but I would definitely say drink and drugs abuse. And he would say that he he's on record as saying that his life was was going down that path 
Um, so he was away from the game for a long time after beating Klitschko. He, he had nothing else to prove. He'd reached the top without a plan B. Um, and if you listen to him now, what he says is he's plan B. You know, there is no firm plan B, but the plan is to box and to stay in shape. If every day he's at the gym, he's a happy man. If he has a day off because he needs it, he, he can feel himself slipping away. So that's quite that's quite scary, really, because there are going to be injuries, there are going to be illnesses, and there are going to be holidays, and and there is going to be a time when he becomes a retired man that he's going to need to step away. So hopefully he will, he will have sorted that out, you know, that kind of structure off, on the back end of his career by then. Um, so we the three, the three major players, we had Fury, like I say, coming back from a long break, um, from a huge battle with abuse and, and depression. He had a couple of warm-up fights, a couple of can fights, if you like, if you want to use that term. Um, uh, he obviously won. And then he went on to face as the second guy in this in this trifecta of, of heavyweight talent, which was or which is Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is an American powerhouse. You know, he is he's just got he's the hardest puncher. He's either the hardest puncher since Tyson or he is harder. He's a harder puncher than Tyson. I don't know how we would get that metric. Uh, you know, success rate, I guess. So if that's the case, um, then Wilder is definitely on his way to surpassing Tyson, really, and just being the hardest puncher, the scariest man to ever lace up some gloves when it comes to that one-punch power. Not the greatest technical boxer. Not the greatest um, Not the, the greatest guy on his feet around the ring. Not the greatest guy to work from the jab. Not the greatest guy to work... For, you know, he's not a coach's dream, but if you're his coach and you know he's carrying those fucking sledgehammers, uh, then I guess that's you know that's how you coach him, right? You just you say, let's avoid other people's punches and just try and hit one of our own. As simple as that. Whereas if you're a guy like Fury, you know you've got cardio, you know you can box people up, you can piece them up in the ring, uh, you can be running marathons around them, or they're throwing, you know, they're hitting sprints and and swinging at you and and trying to hit you with those bombs, but you know you can dance and piece them up around the ring. Well, that's what Fury has. Um, uh, Deontay Wilder doesn't quite have that skill. He's not a bad boxer, but he's a great puncher, uh, and there is a difference. There is a massive difference um, in those two skills within the boxing game. And, he, you know, the, di- the dynamic between those two, between Fury and Wilder specifically, is it evidences that so clearly. You've got Fury, a guy who, I mean, he can knock people out. He's he's put people down, but it's not that's not his MO. That's not what he goes in there to do because he's so greatly and supremely confident in his ability to, to just piece, piece people up, work behind a jab, use head movement, use footwork. He works and operates like he's a... Uh, a middleweight really or middleweight and lighter you know that's how good that guy is as a boxer for a heavyweight guy and he's six foot nine six foot ten uh you know 17 18 stone then you got a guy like wilder who is again he's not the he's not the most graceful on his feet he's not the most graceful behind the jab but when he hits you you go fucking down you you honestly there's no way to get around that you go down and he put fury down he caught him you know Fury was arguably, uh, or not even arguably, I mean, to me, obviously, um, winning that fight. Uh, and then he got dropped twice. You know, the two the two times that that Wilder connected um, with any real merit were the two times that he put him down. The last one in the 12th was just insane. You know, so that, I mean, there's, there's two of those players there. And of course, the other player, the other player in this big, in this trifecta, was Anthony Joshua, the UK darling, the biggest thing. I mean, I don't know if I'd be wrong in saying he's the biggest thing in UK sport since since David Beckham. I might be off on that. I might be off. Um, it's been a while since I've been a, a real football fan, or a real soccer fan, you know. So my head's not in that game as much as it was when I was, you know, when I was a fan of football, Beckham was the guy. I know that was many years ago, but I know he's still a supremely uh, successful man outside of... Um, Outside of the uh, of football, but the reason he has that one, yes, he's a good-looking guy, he's a marketable, marketable guy, and all this stuff. But he was a great footballer, you know, really great footballer, and a great ambassador for the sport. And that's where that's where the crossover or the comparison for me comes with with uh, uh, with uh, Anthony Joshua is he's a great ambassador for the sport of boxing, especially in the UK. He's a great example of someone who 
didn't necessarily have the best start in life. I mean, he said that he, you know, he had a, he had a good life. He didn't have the worst possible life you could ever have, but he made some bad choices and he got caught up in some some bad um, some bad decisions as a younger man and took up boxing quite late. I think he was nineteen or twenty when he took up boxing, and it and it you know you hear this story so often, usually in the inner cities of America, but it does happen in the UK too that boxing saved his life. Boxing, uh, maybe he wouldn't have ended up in prison. Maybe he wouldn't have ended up a dead man. Maybe not. Maybe he would have gone on to do something else, um, but. It just so happens the path he took led him to boxing. Boxing saved his life, um, and he, he, you know, he became the the top boxer in the UK for a long, long time. And he formed the third part of that big, big trifecta of heavyweights of the fights that everyone want to see. But as happens so often in boxing, the you know the the managers or the handlers the handlers of these boxers are usually different people you know it's not like the ufc where you have a, a top-down business where a man like dana white operates a fight league um i mean look there's lots to be said about the rankings in the ufc and is it really a league and and people getting the, the breaks they need or or can you know connor lose a fight and come back and still get a title fight and blah 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 there's arguments there obviously to say that the structure isn't solid but but where it does, where it rarely lets us down in MMA, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, and specifically the UFC, is the best usually fight the best, and even if the best don't fight the best, then yeah we get the money fights which, uh they might upset you know you're you're the the guy of the belt and 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 the guy who's really popular is ranked fifth, but the guy who's ranked two, is more deserving. Uh, maybe the guy ranked fifth is a more fun fight and he gets the fight. That happens. It does happen in MMA. It happens a lot. And I'm I'm not mad at that. You know, it, money fights and ranking fights, okay? Those are the fights that, that, that matter. Obviously, in an ideal world, the ranking fights matter more. Number one should fight number two. If number two is out of commission, number three. If number three is out of commission and number two is out of commission because uh, they're fighting, then you go to four and you have to work your way up. And it usually starts from the belt. The guy with the belt has to work backwards, okay? Uh, but usually it should be the guy that's right next to you who, who should be number two. If that doesn't happen, then yes, you go up the up the ladder. Okay, that happens a lot in MMA. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of injuries in MMA. Unfortunately, um, MMA fighters are so active because they are fighting the best that sometimes we can f- we can fight ourselves out of the, the fights that make sense because everyone's busy. Um, in boxing, there's just this trend of, of, of because these pro- these promoters manage these fighters independently and, and there could be four, three different promoters for three different fighters, but all these fighters want to fight each other and it's the fights that make sense, but they can never get the deals done. It's just happens so often in boxing. It's, it's a story that's played out time and time again in boxing and I, I, at this point, I can't even blame anyone. I can't blame Eddie Hearn or Frank Warren or, or you know, um, uh, Shelley Finkel, the, the guys from Deontay's side. I can't blame anyone at this point. I don't have all the facts. I'm not going to pretend to have all the facts. Um, but it just seems to be that's the way the game is played. And if that's the way the game is played, do you really want to be the odd one out, you know, do you really want to be the one that breaks that mold? Obviously, that sounds ridiculous because the answer should be yes in this context because you're putting on the biggest fights, you're putting on the fights that make sense. But what happens there is these guys, um, you know, Deontay Wilder's fighting guys that he should beat. That's how it's done in boxing. Tyson Fury is fighting guys he should beat. That's how it's done in boxing. Now, those guys fought. Wilder and Fury fought in a rare, um, the the rare occasion where the best fought the best. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get the answer we wanted. We, we we needed a win and a loss. We didn't get that. We got a draw. But still, they both stepped up to the plate. Whereas usually, the guy, Deontay would fight a guy he's supposed to beat. Fury would fight a guy he's supposed to beat. It brings us down to Joshua. All undefeated fighters, by the way, apart from the draw um, that, that Wilder and Fury had with each other. All undefeated fighters, okay, uh, 
all three of them have, have weathered some storms and been through some shit in the ring. All three of them have had points in their fights where we can kind of see that they're vulnerable, but they've all made it through. But that vulnerability scares us. Okay, it scared me knowing that I've seen AJ wobbled, knowing that I'd seen Fury wobbled, put down even, knowing that I'd seen Deontay wobbled against Ortiz. I knew all of these guys were vulnerable. They're all seasoned fighters. Joshua, probably the least, I would say, off the top of my head. Um, but what that means is, if they don't fight the... Let's just put it this way. If I'm a boxer and I'm at the top, I want to win or lose against the top talent. Here's why. The upside is, is brighter. If I beat the best, I'm by far the best, okay? If I lose to the best then so what? I lost to the best in the world. If I, and if we put that into reality, what actually happens is, if I'm a boxer and I'm fighting a guy I should beat, I beat that guy, okay? Make a little bit of change. Um, but then everyone's like, oh, you're just fighting cans, you're fighting has-beens, you're fighting journeymen, uh, whatever it is. If I lose to that guy, now I've just lost to a bum. Now I've just lost, now everyone's, um, now everyone is, is, is challenging me and, and questioning me if I really was the best or if I was being fed, you know, if I was being supplemented and guided through my career. And you know what? This is what's happened with AJ. Now, AJ is far from done. There, there's there's no question that one loss in this young man's career is going to set him off, off course and that he can't come back. No, fuck that. He's, he's going to come back. But... Guess what happened? He fought a fight that... Now, this one's weird, actually, because he fought a fight that the perception was that he should win, okay? Andrew Ruiz Jr. does not look like a fighter. He does not look like a man who is in shape. He does not look, look, look like a guy that can punch. He's shorter. He's always smiling. He's Mexican, and there's never been a Mexican heavyweight champion up until that point, because, spoiler alert, he upset AJ. He beat him uh, in the seventh you know, so all these things. So the perception is that AJ should have won. But the reality of this one, in this, in this occasion, if you start diving into Andy Ruiz's record, excuse me, by the way, I've got uh, hay fever. So I'm a bit nasally and snotty today. So sorry, guys. But if you if you look into Andy Ruiz's record and, and you really look into it with, with a decent pair of boxing eyes, this guy has had a fucking ridiculous amateur career. Okay, he's only lost, I think he lost one or two fights. I'm going to say under five, okay? I don't have any information in front of me. He's lost very few amateur fights with a very high win rate and success rate in, in the amateurs. He's been to the Olympics, I believe. He's He's been in these big tournaments in the amateurs, okay? Then he's got kind of 30-odd pro fights in the pro game. He went toe-to-toe with Joseph Parker in enemy territory. So this guy has got some chops. He's got some credentials. Um, so if you if you really know anything about boxing and you look into that shit, you know, the perception, yeah, let's look at this guy. Okay, he's smiley, he's doughy, he doesn't have a body. He's going to lose. He's des- He was put there to be beaten by Anthony Joshua. So just to give a bit more backstory on that, Big Baby Miller... Uh, was due to fight Anthony Joshua in Madison Square Garden on the same date, the same event, the same card. Uh, Big Baby Miller pissed hot for just about every performance-enhancing substance you can imagine. Um, and obviously he was pulled from the fight, which, me- which meant that they had to scramble for a new opponent for Joshua. Now, out came Andy Ruiz Jr., who I believe was offered the f- that... He was offered to fight Joshua maybe a couple of years before, I'm not sure when, uh, for a lot less money. And he turned it down and he was, he's so supremely confident in his talent. That he said, no, no I'll, I'll get there. Don't worry. You know, I don't want this fight at this rate, at this rate of pay with me being the, you know, the completely, you know, I'm a 5% of this fight and you're 95. He kind of said, no, I'll, 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 I'll get to that. Don't worry. I'll, I'll build my way up and I'll, I'll get there. Something to that effect. And obviously he did because this time around he'd, he's had a few more fights and he's a very active fighter. He uh, obviously he's fought Parker and he's, he's 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 going up in the ranks now. He gets offered the fight to replace Big Baby Miller, 
to fight Joshua on the same date. So the same training camp for Joshua, just with a change of fighter. Um, and and with about five weeks, five or six weeks for Ruiz to train for the Joshua fight. However, Ruiz had just come out of camp. He'd just come out. He just, he just had a fight. He's had a camp. Unscathed, you know, healthy, trained, conditioned. Um, so again, perception is, well, AJ's going to beat this guy. Reality is, uh, actually, this guy has got some boxing chops. He's got some pedigree, and he's got something about him. Do not sleep on this guy. And I even said, you know, I wish I was on record as saying it, because, of course, this shit never happens. But um, I was I, I, I was looking at the betting lines, and I was like, you know what? There's something about this guy. There's something about this guy. I'm not going to pretend to have been overly familiar with his work until this fight, but I had seen him fight. And in, in anticipation, when the fight was announced, that's when I did my required reading, and that's when I did my research and started watching as many fights as I could on the guy. Um, listening to interviews, watching the presses, and listening to AJ speak, but I really started getting immersed into this fight, okay, after the after Big Baby Miller um, was removed. And from that point, just with a little bit of research and just, just from watching the guy's fights, I started to get worried. I really started to believe that, oh shit, this is a serious, I mean this, do not sleep on this guy. This guy can fight, he's hungry, he's got a lot more to gain, a lot more to lose. Uh, well, pardon me, not more to lose, but he's got a lot more to gain. Obviously, Joshua had a lot more to lose, and uh, which is exactly what happened. And I said, "Do not like." There's something about this guy. I'm, I might have to put like a pound or two pound or five pound, just a, a little jokey bet. On this fighter, because the the return was so high, because it the perception was it's never going to happen, and I just had a feeling, and I had the same feeling, uh, when Josh, uh, when Tyson Fury fought Klitschko. I think the odds were about 50 to 1 going into round 1. We were right up to the bell. And I just had this feeling that he was going to win. And I didn't fucking place the bet. And the same thing happened um, this Saturday, or this past Saturday with Ruiz, Joshua. I just had a feeling, you know, I just had a feeling something could happen in this fight that we don't expect. And it did. It really did. So, so just again, to bring everyone in the loop, what happened was a uh, pretty basic fight. Rounds one and two. Um, a lot of people say Joshua looked off. I guess I can see that, but I'm probably seeing that. I Unfortunately, I had the result before I watched the fight. Um, I had family over, and, and obviously that's more important at the time. Uh, but, I, but I checked the results that, that that morning, which is stupid. I should have just watched the fight. Checked the results that morning. Was absolutely shocked. Put the fight on as soon as I could. Um, and... Uh, yeah, the, the, got the results and was just could not believe it. Could not believe it. And people said that Joshua looked off, and like I say, I saw the result first, the fight second. So maybe I was influenced by that a little bit when I, when I'm watching it, thinking, you know what, people are right. He, he's he's off a step here. There's something going. Maybe I don't know. Now now that now that I'm past it, um, I don't believe there's anything off of him really. There's there's speculation and reports coming out that his dad actually said that Joshua had a, a anxiety attack right before the match, right before the walkout, I believe. Um, and Eddie Hearn sort of said, uh, well, don't worry, we'll just send him out there. And he'll, you know, by the time he gets to the ring, all that, all that will be gone. He'll be back in the game. He's in familiar territory. You know, he'll shake the, the anxiety out. Um, Hearn has since disputed that. Um, and as far as I can tell, or, or as far as I've seen, don't think AJ's actually come out officially and confirmed or denied that. And look, is he is he going to anyway? If he's going to make a statement, he's probably going to deny it because he's a businessman or or he's got businessmen in his corner. He's got a team, an entourage of about 25 people, okay? They all want money from him and he wants money. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not. That's not even a, a knock. It's just how it is. So if there was... um. If there was anything wrong, I don't think they're going to come out and say it. I think Joshua's just come out and insisted on doing the press conference in defeat and taking it like a man. Because, it, again, even if it is a brand, who cares? It just reaffirms the ultimate sportsman brand that he puts out there. Um, so, yeah, round one and two, pretty basic rounds. 
uh, nothing to write home about apart from you know if you if you had that kind of critical eye to say that maybe maybe there was something off of Joshua round three uh, we start to see a little bit more from both guys um, and then Joshua inevitably gets a knockdown puts Ruiz down on his backside hits the canvas all the while kind of looking up his head doesn't really snap back his eyes don't roll over um, he's, he's 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 still in there you know. This is a tough Mexican fighter that really wants this shit. Like, he's not going anywhere. Gets put down. Pretty much doesn't break eye contact with Joshua. Gets up. Joshua being the, you know, he... Joshua is one of the best finishers in the game. Love him or hate him. Whether you want to say he's a shit boxer or he's not this or he's not that or he's stiff or he doesn't have, he doesn't have feet or whatever you want to say, he's one of the best finishers in the game. Just look at the stats. It's as simple as that. It's black and white. When it comes to that, you know, it, it, you can't deny how many people he's knocked out. You can't deny how many people he's put down. You can't deny how many people he's beat. That's all fact. Okay, so it's right there. No dispute in it. You know, so with that said, Joshua is one of the best finishers in the game. He's, he's, he's predatory when he knows he's got a guy hurt. In this instance, he had Ruiz down, didn't necessarily have him hurt. I think he misread the situation. He, I, I believe... Joshua is a professional, but I do believe somewhere in his psyche on that night, whether it was before he walked out, whether it was in the press conference, whether it was when they selected Ruiz Jr. to be the replacement, I do believe at some point there was an element in AJ's mind of, well, like this, I, I'm beating this guy. You know, not not because it, not because I'm a boxer and I need to believe I can beat anyone. Because I believe I can beat this particular guy. He's not on my level. I do think that crept in somewhere. And to give Joshua his, his due and, and to not kind of put words in his mouth. I don't know this for a fact. This is what I believe from the outside. To not put words in his mouth. And to be fair, I would say if I had to select a point where, that, where I really truly think that came into play, I would say it is when he knocked him down. Because any, you know, any boxer, any fighter, any... Any sportsman, if you, if you're a footballer and you get into the penalty box, you you know, and you've beat the keeper, at that point you assume you're going to put the ball in the back of the net. You just you assume because you have to because you've come this far. Sometimes we don't rely on talent anymore when we get that to that point. We assume, and then guess what? We fucking kick the ball and spoon it, and and it goes off, and and now we now it's a goal kick, and everyone's laughing at us. Okay. Same thing in boxing, same thing in combat sports. You hit a guy, you get him on the ropes, you shake his legs up, you go in for the kill. Okay, you put him down, even better. Now you're like, okay, well, I've put this guy down. As soon as he gets back, I'm going I'm to carry on from exactly where I left off and I'm going to finish this guy. I'm going to put this guy down. That's a natural, that's a good way to think in boxing. There's a good way to think in combat sports. Not the best, it's not an absolute science because... Well, we've seen what you know what happens, and sometimes guys can blow the blow themselves out and and uh, and gas themselves out by steaming in after they get a knockdown. They see it; they have a taste of success, taste of blood, and they get too hungry and they end up burning themselves out. Um, and I think that's what happened to Joshua. And I think that is the point of this fight, where uh, where he really thought, "I've got this guy beat now. This guy's not on my level." Three rounds, put him down. Boom. So he went into, he used those predatory instincts. He used that finishing ability, went in. It didn't work. It didn't work against his tough Mexican. Um, and in, in one of the exchanges, Ruiz clipped AJ. Oh, he didn't clip him. He, he caught him nice. Um, wobbled him, put him down. Put him, put AJ down. AJ went down. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to do a round by round on this. I'm just going to kind of summarize this now. Uh, AJ was put down four times in this fight. Four times. Undefeated heavyweight champion of the world had you know all the belts everyone wanted. He was put down four times by a late replacement fighter that looks like he works in Greg's the Bakery. You know, just just take that in for a second. And I'm not even putting Ruiz down when I say that. That's just we we I mentioned perception earlier, perception versus reality. Perception is this guy works in McDonald's. This guy works at a petrol garage. Perception. Because he doesn't look the part. You know, uh, the difference is with a guy like Fury who doesn't look the part. 
he's so vocal that we've seen what he's about. You know, you can't help. He puts a spotlight on himself and he's, his light shines so bright. So, yes, he doesn't have a body, but he also calls himself fat, calls himself the Gypsy King. He calls him, he puts the spotlight, he basically, he takes your ability to say shit about him away from you because he's already said it about himself. And he speaks very loud and he fights really good. We've, we've seen it. So that's why we can say, okay, well, he doesn't look like a heavyweight either. But he's also 6'9", 6'10". He's a big, scary fucking dude of reach who can box. Uh, you know, it sets him apart. Ruiz is a short dude. Probably the shortest guy that uh, Joshua's ever fought. Um, Mexican guy. Never been a Mexican heavyweight champ. Smiling. Doesn't really trash talk. Doesn't have a body on him. Late opponent. You know, uh, and then again, in this culture of boxing, which is the best don't fight the best, the best fight the people they know they can beat. So they're constantly just getting rounds and rounds and rounds of sparring and getting paid millions for it. Huge upside, huge upside to those fights financially, huge upside to those fights for your record, huge upside to those fights for your perception, your sponsors, your exposure, all of that shit. But the downside, the downside is far, far worse in these kind of fights. The downside is the low, I mean, combat sports in general, the highest highs, the lowest lows. It really is like that. And Anthony Joshua has, this has got to be the lowest he's ever felt in, uh, you know, with the exception of, and I'm not trying to be dramatic here, with the exception of losing a loved one, with the exception of losing, uh, you know, a family member of grieving this has got to be the the worst day of his life i don't know him don't know his personal life but from the age of 19 which is young in life is late in boxing but it's young in life really you know we i'm 32 and i still don't know shit i'm still learning every day i'm still making stupid mistakes you know 32 so this guy was 19 very old in boxing to become where he's at in, bo- in as a boxer but very young in life he started to turn his life around at 19, okay? Um, so again, without pretending to know his circumstances, I would say this is the this is the lowest low of his life. Certainly of his professional life. Certainly of his boxing life. Certainly of his adult life. This is the lowest of lows. Now, the reality is, he could hang up the gloves and just go, you know what? I don't want it. I just can't be bothered anymore. I'm going to get fat. And I'm going to sip cocktails on the beach for the rest of my life. He can afford to do that shit. No doubt. He, you know, he, he, he's he got the money. He's got the wealth. got the looks. He's got everything. He, he's got everything he needs. Smart guy as well. Seems like a genuinely nice guy. He's, he's, he's got options that other people could only dream of. And he's created those options for himself. Um, But he's got to be feeling the lowest of the lows right now. Because the upside's huge. Another tick in the in the in the win column. Another payday, um, you know, and then makes the fans want the real fights more. There's huge upside. The low is just so low. And now what he's done is, this is gonna sound horrible. Okay, this is gonna sound really horrible, but he's kind of fucked us, and not on purpose, not selfishly. You know, so what you want about the promoters, but now because he accepted this fight. In fact, I'm going to take that back. I was going to say he's fucked us of the opportunity to to see the three big guys go at it in rotation. He hasn't. He hasn't. That that might might have been taken away, but he didn't fuck us. That's not his fault. You know, the guy went out there and tried to fight, tried to win a fight, and he lost. And he's, you know, one of the greatest boxers of all time. When you look at his record, when you look at the the economy or the the economics of it. Um, when you look at the young people that he's inspiring and, and all this kind of stuff, okay, you, you can't deny that. Sometimes the greatest in a chosen field is the guy that makes the most money and the guy that has the best reputation outside. What they can do for the fans, what they can do for the kids, what they can do for their country, for their area, for whatever, for their race, okay? And he's definitely a great representation of boxing and a great representation of a young man, great representation of... Of a of a black man, the great representation of a sportsman in general, he's got all of that. Um, but you know now we don't have the opportunity to say that there's three undisputed 
undefeated fighters going into this trifecta on rotation. So we had Fury Wilder. Those guys put it on the line. If one of those guys definitively lost, I wouldn't be upset. The fans wouldn't be upset. All that would happen would be, finally, the best fought the best, and now Fury has lost the fight to Wilder, or now Wilder has lost the fight to Fury, but they're the best. Can't wait for the rematch. You know, uh, Wilder beats Fury. Cool. Now we set up AJ versus Wilder. Brilliant. I don't give a fuck who wins or loses because the best are fighting the best. The upside's huge. The downside is minimal because the best are fighting the best and you're going to make a lot of money. And then I guess what happens is the two losers, let's say Fury and uh, AJ lose to Wilder on rotation. Okay, so now Fury and AJ fight each other. The winner of that goes on to fight Wilder. And then... uh, then you just circle it round. Who gives? All of them can have three fights, a rubber match, a piece. That's fine because the best are fighting the best. That's all we want. That's all we want from boxing. Um, and I'm not gonna. I, I'm a big fan of Eddie Hearn. You know, I know people love to shoot on Eddie. I'm a huge fan of Eddie Hearn. I tend to believe him for the most part. I tend to not be upset when I think he's deceiving us, because he's a businessman. He's a promoter. There has to be some secrets. We, I, as a paying customer, I still don't deserve to know what's behind the curtain. That's I don't deserve shit. I don't deserve to know any of this. You know, if I if I if I have the information, brilliant. I do with it do with it as I what I can. If I don't have it, well, so fucking what? I don't deserve it. I don't care. Just I just want to see the fights. Just because I know doesn't mean I'm going to get to see the fights. So if you think that Eddie Hearn is lying about something. Who gives a fuck? Because even if you know he's lying, doesn't mean that fight's going to happen. The reality is what matters. The reality is we're not getting the fights we want. Who gives a fuck why? We 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 can't influence that. But we can influence. Do we tune into that fight if it's available? So, but yeah, I I, I like Eddie. I'm a fan of Eddie's. I'm a fan of Frank, uh, Frank Warren's. I'm a fan of everyone involved. I really am. And I just hope. So we have had this opportunity taken away from us to have the three undefeated guys go in and lose to each other imagine they all just dropped a loss to each other that's that's great because it gives us more questions but also allows us to kind of say the best of fighting the best so now we've got I, you have to forgive me I can't remember who Fury's fighting next but it's a you know it's a huge upside fight again he's fighting a can and I hate to say that but Unfortunately, there are career journeymen in boxing, by the way. So if you hear me say that and, and you're, you're not quite versed, no, there are career journeymen in boxing. There are people who know, you know, they've got a record of 2 and 50. They make a couple of grand, uh, probably fight 10 times a year, these fuckers, you know. There's there's people out there that do that in boxing. That's, they're, they're not being forced to retire. They're journeymen. They've, they've got hundreds of rounds of sparring in them, thousands of rounds of sparring in them. Okay, noses on the side of their heads. These guys exist. So when I say cans, at first even I think, oh, that's a bit offensive. But no, it's not. These people exist in boxing. Okay. Um, so you've got Fury fighting this can. Whoever he is. I, I, I can't remember his name. Sorry. Um, and what if Fury loses? Because there's, on any given night, any punch. Now, I I box. Okay, I've been boxing for years. I'm I'm not a boxer, but I box and I, I I've got a pretty good punch. If someone's standing there and not moving and I connect, I believe I've got a pretty good punch. Okay, so and and what I mean by that is on any given night, the right punch can hit the right person in the right place and get the right fucking result. Anyone can win a fight on any given night. Okay, you know Fury might beat me one. Uh, 999 times out of a 1,000, but there's that one time that I might just be able to hit him, okay? And what's happening is these guys are fighting these journeymen and these cans, avoiding each other for whatever reason, political, because they're scared, financial, whatever it is. They're avoiding each other so many times that statistically, statistically speaking, their opportunity to lose is becoming larger. They're getting older. They're getting hit a bit more. 
They're more. They're tired. They're getting cockier. Whatever it is, their their will to win is is going down. They don't care about it anymore. Testosterone is going down. Whatever the fuck, you know. And then again, just that risk that any given night, any punch can hit anybody in the right place, get the right result for all the wrong reasons can happen. So the more you fight these journeymen and avoid the big fights, the greater the chance of you getting hit and put down with something you didn't see coming against a guy you didn't expect could do it. It's going to happen. Okay. So now we've got, we've got Fury fighting this, this guy um, and he might lose. I doubt it. Okay. The odds are a bit different here because like I say, the perception of Ruiz was that he was a can. The reality of Ruiz is no, this guy, this guy's a real fucking fighter with real pedigree, real amateur pedigree, which means this guy can box. Okay. He can actually box for points and he can hit and he's fast. So he can actually put you down. He's got all of it. Okay. And he's got the will and the desire to feed his fucking family and become the first Mexican heavyweight champion. And he did that. So, so the, the, the opportunity for him to beat AJ is far greater than the opportunity for this guy to beat Fury. I get that, but you never know. Could happen. And then we've got Wilder versus Ortiz 2. Now, that one's scarier, okay? That's scarier to me. Knowing now what I know, um, AJ versus Ruiz 2 is scary because they've 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 instated or activated their rematch clause. But now I know what Ruiz is capable of. And so does AJ. Yes, he's going to train differently. Maybe we'll take him a bit more seriously. But he's still just as dangerous. So for everything that AJ can learn, Ruiz can learn too. Ruiz has already beat him. So he already knew how to beat him once. And now they fought. Now they felt each other up. Now he can know how to beat him again. Whereas AJ just knows how to lose. So sometimes the losing guy coming in and having another crack at a guy doesn't mean they're going to learn more because, you know, you win or you lose. That's a great saying. It's, it's beautiful. It sounds great. But it's not always the reality. If Ruiz could beat him once with the training he had, Ruiz could probably beat him again with the training he had plus the knowledge he's gained. It can fucking happen. It has happened in the past. Might happen again, okay? Um, and the same thing now goes to, to Wilder and Ortiz because... Ortiz gave Wilder the toughest fight of his fucking career. I mean, a, a great fight. It really was a, a great fucking fight. But Ortiz gave him a scary fucking fight, okay? Um, and then, and we've seen uh, Wilder get, I don't, I'm hesitant to say the word exposed, but it does feel like it's relevant in the context of the Fury fight. Uh, to say you expose someone means that we believe they could do something that they couldn't. Whereas with Wilder, we kind of know what he's capable of. We've seen him wobbled before in the in the Ortiz fight. If we just want to use that one, we know he's not a boxer. He's, we know he's not a guy with great feet and great legs, but we know he can hit hard, and we know he's resilient. We know he's tough and he's brash and he wants it. Okay, um, but I do feel like. We've learned a bit more about him now in long form, meaning if he can't knock someone out, he probably can't box with them either. If he can't put someone down, keep them down, he probably can't hang as a boxer. Probably. You know, depends on the style, depends on the fighter, depends on both guys, depends on the night as well. This is the thing about boxing. This is the thing about sports and fighting and life in general. It depends on the night. Who shows up on the fucking night? Um, so the the Wilder Ortiz fight is scary because let's just use the word, the word exposed, okay? Wilder's been exposed. Let's just use it. It's easy. We know he can't box, but we know he can hit. But we also know he can get rocked and hurt because the very guy that he's rematching has proved that. So this is a scary one with a minimal upside, a huge fucking downside. If Wilder goes out now and loses to Ortiz, instead of taking the immediate rematch against Fury, that's tragic. That's such a tragedy for the, again, it's it's another thing that just puts a nail in the coffin of the of this, tri this trifecta of, of 
of of the best fights that we could possibly make in the heavyweight division. And there's a very, very good, very real chance that Wilder loses to Ortiz. It can happen. Um, it's just a scary, scary landscape right now. Not necessarily for... You look, they, they, these guys are going to bounce back. AJ's going to bounce back. He probably can take Ruiz in the, in the rematch. Um, he, he can take Ruiz in the rematch. And now his team are probably going to say, well, fuck, you know what? Let's not, let's not, let's not try this again. Let's, let's go after these big fights because perception is going to be better and people are going to go, oh, you lost to the best. Okay. And maybe he's going to think more than ever that he's a mortal man and he needs these fights before he hangs them up because he can lose to anyone. Okay, Fury's probably going to beat this guy. Probably. 99% sure he's going to beat this guy. On points as well. He's going to go to distance. Fury's going to get a good sweat. And he's going to spar, piece the guy up. Never looking for the finish. Bang. Okay, lots of money. Lots of that ESPN money. But Wilder could lose. Wilder could lose, but he's probably going to win. Again. And... And no matter what, as long as Fury doesn't lose, if Wilder loses to Ortiz, he can bounce back. AJ can bounce back. He can beat Ruiz. And if he doesn't beat Ruiz, then, you know, he can... I mean, I don't know. I would like to say he could lose to Ruiz again and still bounce back, but that could be harder. But I think he's going to beat him and he can bounce back. None of these guys, one lot... Five losses on these guys' careers shouldn't be the end. That's fucking crazy, you know? Because if that was the case, um, any premiership football team, look at the win-loss record over 10 years of that team. Okay, they take a lot of losses. Even the best take a lot of losses, concede a lot of goals. Okay, it, it just happens. It's sport. You win, you lose, you draw. You play, you compete, you take a risk, you don't know what's going to happen on the night, you just try your best. Okay, and you train the hardest um, to give yourself the best opportunity to come away with that W. So none of these guys, you know, they can take a couple of losses and still bounce back. But I just believe the best way for them to bounce back and the best way for them to cement themselves and protect themselves is to fight the best and lose to the best, beat the best, you know, draw as much money as they can with the fucking best, but also break the mold that I spoke about earlier that they're scared to break. Um, break that mold. Go go in there and just say, I'll fight anyone. Fuck it. And I'll lose. There's some great... Donald Cowboy Cerrone, a UFC fighter. Um, he's got probably the... I think he's got the most wins in the UFC history. Um, in the Zufa history, including um, WEC and, and UFC combined. This guy will just fight anyone at any time. And it's been at the detriment of him um, of getting a title shot. And he didn't really give a fuck until recently. Now he's had a kid... And now he wants the title, he wants to secure the legacy, he wants to secure the money, and he wants to cap off the career with a belt. But after beating, after winning, uh, you know, against Ally Quinta, um, and pretty much, you know, kind of 70% certain securing himself a title shot and saying, look, I'm not going to take the big fights anymore, guys. I'm going to take a rest. I'm going to wait for the belt. Okay, because I want that belt. They offer him a fight against Tony Ferguson, who's a real fucking dude. He took the fight. He took the fight on short notice to get, you know, or not short notice, but a quick turnaround because he fights the best because MMA fighters and UFC specifically, the best fight the best. And you can say what you want about Dana White um, and and Sean Shelby and these guys and the Fertitas before that. And WME, you can say what you want about these guys and it being the entertainment era and all this bollocks, but the best fight the best. And they that is at the detriment of, of a lot of superstars because you could have had you Nate Diaz, you know, after Nate Diaz should have been fighting people he could easily beat. Because that dude was destined to be a star. Nick Diaz, same thing. George George St. Pierre, Michael Bispin. Any any name you can draw. They've all fought the best. They've all been through the ringer. No one's had. Look at John Jones, arguably the greatest combat athlete in the world right now, um, and he's he's been through the ringer to get there. And the fact he's come out on top every time, 
only confirms that. It only solidifies that and makes that notion stronger. And it's proven, it's evidenced, it's real. Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. There's no evidence, really. Of course, they're great fighters. Of course. Of course, they're great athletes. Of course. We do know that. There's enough evidence. You know, they've all by now had that one fight that's defined them. It's probably Wilder versus Fury for each of them. That's defined their careers. And it's probably uh, Vladimir Klitschko for Joshua. That's defined his up to now. Um, You know, the last is unfortunately shining a bit brighter than all of his victories combined, but that will pass. So they've all had fights where you're like, okay, I had my doubts, but... This is what these guys can do. Um, and that's enough. You know, it is enough. Because you hope that someday soon they will fight each other and we'll have all the evidence we need. It's like it's like being a conspiracy theorist and then finally finding out the earth is flat. Like, even if you don't find out, if that's what you, if that's what you believe, you're, you're fine. You can take that one to the grave. You're fine with that. That's kind of what we get in here. We know that we do know they're good. We do trust it, but we want more. I want the concrete evidence. I want the best to fight the best. That's it. That's all I want as a boxing fan. And I don't, you know, maybe this loss will speed things up because it's just a reality. It's a it's a reality check to all of them that shit any of us can lose. You know, the draw, the Deontay Wilder of Tyson Fury going to a draw. That's a reality check too, because now it's like fuck. Okay, we can get a rematch, but now it's like I would almost rather have a loss on my record than a draw, you know, because I did all the work, but we both did the same amount of work, you know? I still got punched in the face for that. So the the, the evidence is available or, or the opportunity to prove... Um, Prove who's the best is available. The landscape is there. I just hope that within the next two years, there is a rotation of fights involving those three guys and that we just get what we want as boxing fans. And that's it. That's all I've got to say today. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, 52 minutes, by the way, which is the longest 15 to 20 minutes you're ever going to hear. Um, so this was just a bit of a rant this episode it's just a we'll call it as an, uh, an episode zero as we go forward with the show um, I will be doing interviews with fighters like I say uh, people that run apparel companies the promoters the ring girls any, anyone in the fight game um, that we can talk to we're going to talk to okay thank you very much for listening I'll speak to you soon and stay tuned we'll be back next week bye